Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. All right, well, welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast. I am your host, the Larry Vincent, Connections Minister here at Cornerstone, and I'm joined by Mallory Teske. How are you, Mallory? I'm good. You're good. All right. Uh, how are you today? How's your, uh, how's your day off going? I'm assuming this is a day off for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's going well. I do night shift now. I don't and, know if you know that, so it's kind of like oh, so I <laughs> so uh, uh, Mallory's a nurse, by the way, correct? Is that that? And you work where? Eskenazi. I what is Eskenazi? Is that a hospital? Yeah, it's in downtown Indianapolis. So I work in the emergency department. I think I've actually been there once to visit somebody, um, but Eskenazi—that's just fun to say. It's just really fun to say. So, so this jerk of a minister calls you up and says, "Hey." At one o'clock in the afternoon, when you should be asleep, <laughs> are you working tonight? No. Not okay. Tonight. Good. Thank no. God. All right. All right. Good. Well, at least at least you have coffee. Yes. Uh, and 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 as is appropriate for our show, we have uh, the first sip. Now, Mallory uh, is a Starbuckser, uh, like I am. That's we're pointing that right now. Copyright two thousand nineteen. <laughs> Uh, is a Starbuckser like I am, all right? Probably not as much as I am because they know me by name at that place and just actually had wonderful conversations about this podcast with uh, with with the Starbucks employees before I got here. Uh, and she is drinking, what are you drinking today? Uh, caramel Macchiato. See, you're, it's caramel. Caramel's the city. <laughs> caramel. <laughs> I'm gonna get so many. I'm gonna get so many emails from from this one conversation. Uh, caramel macchiato, and I am doing my 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 huge, as the kids say. Uh, I don't really know if kids say that. Blonde, flat white with with non-fat milk because it's not fat milk. So let's let's uh, let's take our first sip and enjoy our coffee together, shall we? Yes. Always good. Mm-hmm. Always good. Is that your favorite? Is that your go-to? Caramel macchiato? Uh, not necessarily my go-to. What's your, like now, what is your go-to then? So I just drink regular coffee in the morning. Like, I just brew my coffee at home. I'm lame. I like that. <laughs> I have uh, uh, a, a French press. Uh, people who cannot see this because it's a podcast. It is a stainless steel French press because I've had now three glass mm-hmm. French presses. And when you have a lazy eye like I have, you run into doors quite often and when you run into a door with a glass french press they break uh when you run into a door with a stainless steel uh french press you break the door you know that's (laughs) that's just how it just how it goes so uh i make coffee in-house every day actually uh i this is a um when i'm out meeting people thing so because you know i don't like going to other establishments that will not be named on this podcast uh, and drinking their terrible coffee. <laughs> most most other places have terrible coffee. Uh, but send me your hate mail. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into the actual podcast. As, as Mallory knows and many of uh, other people know, you're going to be episode seven, I think, when this comes out. Uh, and uh, uh, so if, you, if you've been a regular listener to the podcast... Uh, then you'll know that this is about an opportunity for people to share uh, their testimonies. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited uh, because I, I, and I told this to Mallory once already, and, and, I, and I hope I don't embarrass her. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but I really feel like, uh, like evangelism is, is one of your giftings. And, and I'm excited to have you 
on the podcast. So welcome to the show. Uh, we'll, let, let's get started with asking you the very important question. How did you grow up uh, in the faith? What, what was your experience of God like growing up? Okay. So I've actually gone to Cornerstone my whole life. Okay. My dad, I'm pretty sure, grew up in this church too. And you are how old? 24. 24. Okay, yeah. so 24 years in Cornerstone. Yes. Cool. And so there hasn't been a time like that I don't remember going to church. Yeah. You know, like my earliest memories, Sunday, going to church was part of it. Yeah. So... Yeah. How did you view God? I mean, you, you, you grew up learning about God, mm-hmm. but what did, you, uh, what did you think about God? So I guess my earliest memory of, you know, God would be at some point in elementary school. And I don't know if I necessarily, like, I thought about him. You mm-hmm. know, after Sunday school, mom and dad would ask, what would you learn? Right. And say whatever we learned. So he was always just a thing. Just the I guess thing. Growing up, yeah. Like, he's okay. there. Yeah, he's like, there. I know he's there. I yeah. didn't question, like, God. I was like, yeah, he's there. So, I mean, like, at five years old, you weren't asking about the existential questions <laughs> of God's existence. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the famous questions I get from my children all the time uh, is how can Jesus and God be in the same, be the same person in the two different places? But you never asked those kind of questions. Yeah. You just kind of, you just, uh, you just took it for what it was worth, what you were learning, right? Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Uh, and uh, so your parents would ask you about your faith and, and about what you learned in Sunday school. Did it go beyond that? Did the conversations ever go beyond that for you growing up? I'm sure they did. I, I have a very poor memory. <laughs> like your parents are screaming at their age. Yes! Yes, we did! <laughs> they did, yeah. My parents... Yeah, I remember, um, so dad, for a while, he would try to do, like, devotionals after dinner, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we would, like, talk more extensively about, like, God and what you're thinking about God and your relationship, but we never had conversations like, well, I don't believe, you know, they never had to, like, sit down with me, Yeah. um, in that sense, but I don't, I don't know, I never really growing up like had major questions like is god real so god was always a comfortable presence for you yeah did he ever did that comfortability ever become complacency for you growing up yeah definitely how so so i mean okay so i guess we'll just start from the beginning that's always a good place to start i find so in elementary school you know we would come to Sunday school, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to go to Sunday school. I was a very anxious child, and so my whole thought was just like, I have to go to Sunday school because it's expected, but I don't want mom and dad to leave me. Okay. And so I'd cry for a little bit, and then I'd be fine because I was with my friends. Sure, yeah, yeah, like every other kid yeah. in elementary school. Yeah, I get that. So it was fine, and then with middle school, it was like we would still go to Sunday Sunday school, go to youth group, and I was fine with it, but it wasn't like... You know, like I was wanting to go maybe necessarily. It was more so like this is what we do. Yeah, okay. And so it was the expectation. Right, right. And then in high school, um, you know, it was still Sunday school, youth group, big church. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of Sunday school ever because they would call on you to read. And <laughs> Are you saying you don't like talking publicly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never get introverts. Introverts confuse me on so many levels. <laughs> well, I was just so uncomfortable. They'd sure. be like, who wants to read verses 1 through 10? Well, not me. There's hard names in there. I don't want to read it. I, okay, so here, here, here's, a, here's a little clue. Uh, when I, and this is for the general audience as well. If you ever get if you ever get asked to read a text or there's a lot of names, just, as long as you say it confidently, no one's going to know. 
because the best philosophers and theologians of our times guessed and their name stuck. All right. So so don't worry about that. Uh, you know, but I was always that kid in school. He would read paragraphs ahead and hope that I got the bigger paragraph because I wanted to read, you know, so I, I, I don't get you introverts. Well, see, I would read ahead. So yeah. like I'm not even paying attention to whatever we're supposed to be yeah. learning about because I'm reading ahead to see what section has words that I'm confident with. <laughs> and then I would just volunteer for that section. That's right. That, that's, that's why volunteering is such a good idea. Because then you get to do what you want to do, not what somebody's making you do. Yeah. Yeah. So volunteer kids, stay in school. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. So so you weren't really excited about about Sunday school. No, it's just you know what was expected, what we did. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed youth group, and I felt like we got I got a decent amount out of it, like understanding, like okay, this is maybe what Scripture's saying, and this is how I can apply it to my life. Okay. So I was more excited to go to youth group, I think, and I'm more comfortable with my friends. You know, sure. Just, well, and you have a minister there that is supposed to connect with you. Yeah. That's his job, right? Uh, and so that was that was probably a little bit helpful because you had on stage a guy who is, you know, a couple decades older than you. He's speaking more generally speaking, mm-hmm. which he should. The preacher, the senior pastor should be doing those things. But the youth minister is like, I'm honed in on you, right? So you so you you better understood the gospel then toward mm-hmm. to from uh, the youth who was the who was your youth minister um, Terry Harmon Terry was okay mm-hmm. yeah so so that was um, you know good for you then right yeah. so how did that translate then into your uh, school life amongst your friends did you bring your faith into that into that arena Yeah I tried to so I mean I mostly honestly hung out with people from church Okay so whenever I graduated the youth group. There's a bit. There's a large group of us around mm. the same age, and okay. so that's who I spent a lot of my time with outside of school. Okay. And then the friends I like chose to surround myself with in school were also um, believers, or yeah. you know, they were Christians. Right. And so we connected on on that level. They weren't interested in going and doing things that weren't. You know, that weren't. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Lined up with. So, I mean, I was friends. I would say with with everybody. I mean, I got along. With people in all different areas. Yeah, right. Um, I just didn't spend necessarily like quality time with people that weren't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that, that weren't Christian, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you you had a comfortable um, uh, group of people that agreed with you that 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 believed what you believed and yeah. things like that. So what when when uh, when you were told or when it was you know preached on a topic at youth group. And you were told, share your faith, go out there and evangelize. Did you do those things growing up? Or is those things that you were like, yeah, just not for me right now? What, what was it like for you, Ben, growing up? You know, I'd like to think that I did. I mean, we could always do better. Um, well, anyone can do better, yeah. right? Yeah, right. But did you try, do you think? I, I think I did try. And, you know, people in middle school and high school, they knew what I was about. Yeah. You know, that it wasn't a question whether or not I was... A believer in Christ, like I didn't try to hide it by right. any means. I yeah. would invite friends to youth group. Some came pretty regularly. Some, you know, would just come in and out. But yeah, yeah, I, I would say I made so, a decent attempt to. So you always took your. Did you always take your faith seriously? Or, 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 you know, is that always has that always been part of your DNA? Yeah, I mean, I've always taken everything pretty seriously. Okay, that, so so being serious is your DNA. Yeah. Or, yeah okay. So you were all in from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Whether I don't know from the beginning if it was necessarily a choice or if I was all in because 
you know, my parents are like, this is what we're doing. And that brings us to the coveted Segway Award. Uh, that was an amazing segue, Mallory. <laughs> uh, at what point then, because here, here's the thing, people, you know, when, when I look at my life, I, 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 I grew up outside of the church, completely not churched, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, and, and I converted to Christianity uh, first at 13 and then at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I really took my faith seriously. Uh, and, and, and that conversion and all those things, like I have a definitive story. I have a definitive moment that I remember of when I got converted, yeah. right? Um, people who grow up in the church, and one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is people like you who grew up in the church, who've always had a faith, who've always, you know, who've always done what was expected of them for the most part. I mean, obviously I'm not saying you're perfect, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but, you know, who who went to youth group, who went to church, who went to Sunday school, even when they didn't want to, they still went, which is a good idea anyway. You know, uh, they did all these things, but, you know, but they, they, they don't have this definitive conversion experience. God has always been a part of their life. Jesus has always been a part of their life. And so we, we come to this question, not when did you convert, you know, not when did you get baptized necessarily, because even then, that that act could have been something that, well, your parents may have wanted you to do, or yeah. your other friends were doing, whatever. But when did you, when did you start taking your faith seriously? When did you start saying, this is no longer my parents' faith, mm-hmm. this is my faith? What, what did that look like for you? How old were you? Where were you at in life? Man. It's hard to say, because... You know, I mean, I'm only 24, so I know my faith still has a lot more growing and and changing to do. But, I mean, along the way, there have been different turning points, I guess, in yeah. my faith. Okay. You know, so like we said, growing up, I don't really know at what age, I guess I could say it became my own. So when I was seven is when I decided to get baptized. Okay. And, you know, we had to, um, I don't remember what minister I met with, but we had to, like, meet and talk about, like, you know, what does this mean? And it, just explaining that you're doing it for the right reasons. Right. Yeah, right. And when I decided to get baptized, yes, it was because I was believing, yeah, you know, yeah. in Jesus Christ, but also because my friends were getting baptized. I mean, let's but, be honest, a peer pressure is a thing, right? I mean, communion <laughs> looks pretty cool to take, you know, and you're like, all my friends get to take it. And then I you got that it. stale cracker that first day, you're like, oh, this was not yeah. about taste. This not is about something about else. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. So that's the age I was when I, you know, decided to accept Christ publicly. Right. Would um, you say? Would you say at seven years old, your faith was no, was not your parents' faith? That your faith was your faith. That you independently stood up on your own at seven years old and said, "Yeah, this is what this is what I believe is what I want to do." Or was it later on in your in your journey? I think when I was seven, you know, I was saying like, "I believe in Jesus Christ," and I believe that, but not until I became older did I fully realize. Yes, but I know even. Like ten years from now, my yeah. faith is going to be like, oh wow. Oh yeah, you're. I and, and, didn't even realize. You're what. 24. I'm 36. Right. Uh, I I I still am waiting for the next moment of my mm-hmm. faith to go deeper. I, and, you know, I bet you got Tim Hughes in here, our senior pastor. Uh, you know, he's in his 60s, right? Uh, and, and he would say the same thing. He's waiting for the next the next thing in his faith to deepen. We all are at that stage. You know, that it, ne- it, it never stops, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when was that first moment for you where you're like, this, this isn't about my par- what my parents want anymore. This is about what I want. Probably, hmm. 
So probably later on in high school, like my junior, senior year, is okay. when I realized that not... So for the most part, growing up in Brownsburg, it's a pretty good town. Yeah. And like I said before, all of my friends primarily were Christians. I yeah. didn't really know many non-Christians. Sure. Yeah. And then probably junior, senior year of high school, I realized the difference in being like a Christian and in like wanting a relationship with Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And there's a lot of... Christians out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle Eidelman wrote a good book called uh, Not a Fan, right? Have you ever heard of it? It's a great book. It's pretty much what you're talking about. There's a lot of fans of Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people who come to church and you know, like rah rah siskinba. Uh, wow, that was a really old reference um, of Jesus Christ, cheerleaders. But then there's followers, right? Followers are the ones who take it seriously, yeah. um, who sacrifice themselves for the sake of the cross. Um, who go out into the community and share the gospel, serve the community, whatever. Uh, and so in high school, you're saying, uh, yeah, there are a lot of Christians, mm -hmm. but it's more than just a religion, right? Yeah. Is that, is, so what was, that, what was that moment like for you? I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily one moment. Like, I don't yeah. have an aha moment. Okay. I think it was just slowly the choices that you have to make as you get into the you know, years of being able to be more independent. Like, yeah. yes, my parents were still in my business, but yeah. they were, you know, loosening the, the chain, I guess, so to speak, yeah, and letting right. me do my, my own stuff. And so, you know, just slowly with each decision, like, do you want to go do this or do you want to do this? Having to make the decision for myself, like, well, you know, this is what I've been growing up believing yeah, and proclaiming. And so do I want to, you know, walk the walk or just talk it like these mm. other Christians. Right, quote unquote, right? And so, I don't know if that answers. No, it really does. No, it does. Question. I mean, because it's like you you faced, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you faced moment after moment where it was like, okay, am I going to be um, serious about my faith or am I going to be a hypocrite? Yeah. And, and you didn't always make the right decision, I'm sure. No. You know, <laughs> but the intention was. Yeah. I'm going to make the right decision for God to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, so yeah, that's, that's exactly how it should be. I mean, there should be a moment in our lives where we're like, okay, I can either, I can either say this and, and not follow it, be a Sunday-only Christian, mm -hmm. right? Or I can say Monday through Saturday, all right, I'm in, yeah. and I'm going to do whatever it takes. So, so then how did that, how did your friends respond to that? Did, did, did they notice that or was it just because they were all church friends were like, okay, cool. It's just normal stuff for them. Mm, I don't know. Did you run into any opposition in high school for making decisions about, for, about Christ? I mean, you know, sometimes, I mean, people don't include you the same, I guess, whenever yeah. they know like, oh, Mallory's not going to want to do this. They what? called you Mallory. Yeah, Mallory's not going to do this. Uh, oh, <laughs> Mallory's not going to do this. Yeah, no, I get yeah. that. I get that. So, so did that? Did that solidify your your thoughts, or did that like? I mean, how did you feel about all that when 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 you started realizing that friends were like kind of like, yeah, okay, she's not going to want to do this. We're just going to go somewhere else. I mean, I had a couple other friends. Yeah. So of course, you know, it hurts your feelings and makes you feel kind of lousy. Like, well, I want to be included, and I'm still running into that now. Like. A lot of people my age, like, they go out to bars and yeah. they think it's funny to, like, get intoxicated, which I don't find the humor. But, um, and so that's what a lot of people in my, my age group do. And so, you know, I, like, yeah. they wouldn't mind if I came, but they know it's not what I'm about. And so, like, I'm glad they know Mallory won't think this is cool and won't want to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, oh, man, you know, you wish 
they would you could hang out with people but not watching them not watch them get be. get toasted yeah. uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh I, I i get that uh it was the same way in the military uh so so uh, do you think how do you how do you now you know how how do i want to ask this question you have these you have these friends now that that are doing things that you don't necessarily want to do mm-hmm. Um, do you think your faith is influencing them in any way? Do they do they have the faith that, that I mean are, are are these friends Christians or non Christians today? They're Christians. There's okay, all right, yeah. So they believe they have a belief system, right? Yeah. They, they have a faith, and that's you know, and they're just not maybe following out the way that they should be, you know. And so, can do you feel like you can influence them in any way? Is that your is that your role in their life today, or or what? Um. I don't know. I mean, I'm just try to be a good friend and mm-hmm. like, I think they know I'm there and I care about them. Sure. We're all going through different things in life and different phases and just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm trying to influence you like in a positive way. Like I just want to be their friend. And yeah, it's not, yeah, it, there's a, a huge difference about making somebody a project yeah. and being a friend, right? Friends can still influence friends. Yeah. Right, uh, I I I am I am I mean big on not making people projects. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want I don't want projects. I want I want relationships. Right, yeah. and I, and and it's nice to hear that you're the same way because there's a lot of people who wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Right, they're like, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna witness to this person and I'm gonna gonna lead them and get them to do the right thing, and and then I'm going to go on to the next one. You yeah. know, and totally forget this relationship, and it just it, it, it can't happen. Yeah. Right. So, so you would say that you're loyal then to your friends? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, is that important to you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you think that's because of your faith or is that just because of who you are? I mean, my faith, like, is kind of who I am. So it's on, it goes two and two, you know? Like, yeah, no, that's true. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's fair. So there's a question I've been asking every podcast and, uh, and, and um, well, let's hold off on that question. Okay. We're going to put a pin in that because I want to ask this first question um, before. Uh, how are you different now because of your relationship with Christ? Well, I mean, growing up, I was always super anxious. Yeah. And to a degree, you know, I still have, we all have some anxiety. But when mm-hmm. I was growing up, like, it was terrible. Yeah. Like, every little thing bothered me. Like, I was just a stressed out child, and I had no reason to be. (laughs) Like, it was really sad. And then it carried over for a long time, probably until high school, when I started to realize, like, oh, you know, like, there's a different way. Like, God, my family, all of that, you know, started circling my brain more. Um, And then I went off to college, and I went to a Christian university. And at that moment, you know, being away, I had more of an opportunity to, like, focus on myself yeah and my faith good and then towards the end of college probably my senior year um I think my relationship with Christ started to like change me like more okay I know along the way it has been slowly yeah really my senior year God it was more like okay like are you gonna give me control like are you gonna trust me yes and I found myself in a situation where I was like I can either keep trying to trust myself or I guess I need to trust God. Like it was one or the other. Like nobody else is going to give me an answer. Yeah. I had to make the decision. Oh, I love that. Make it on my own or yeah. with God. There, there are 40 something year olds who haven't gotten that yet. Yeah. Well, until you're like put in a situation where you like actually have to. Yeah. 
I mean, you, you don't have to. Are you comfortable talking about whatever the situation was that required you to, uh, to say, well, I got to trust in God with this? Yeah. Um, I was in a relationship and it was, you know, do we move forward okay. to marriage or mm-hmm. do we just call it off? Yeah. And it was hard because I, my anxiety uh, translates into being in control. And I've been in, I would like to say I've been in control my entire life because I've never had anything that was out of my control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I grew up in a good family. Right, yeah. Um, and I had a plan. It was a good plan. It was the perfect plan. And then God was like, hmm, plan doesn't look so perfect right now, does it? Okay, for, for the podcast the podcast audience, you missed one of the greatest facial expressions that I've ever seen anyone attribute to God. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Oh, you think so, do you? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was great, Mallory. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, and, and and so you're like, I have no choice, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have conversations with that, like God, a lot. You know, like making His voice, which I don't know what His voice is like, not how I make it, but you know, just thought, like thinking things out loud with Him. Yeah. Would I? Some things, yes, he probably might actually be saying other things. I'm sure he's not saying at all. I'm just giving him some personality. <laughs> you're just, he's like, listen, God, you're, you're like the PR for God, right? He's like, listen, you're a little stale. It's time for me to flare it up a little bit. No, look, I actually think um, that God speaks to all of us differently in the way mm-hmm. that we all need to hear it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, you know, however it is for you may not be however it is for me. But the, the one thing that remains consistent, and this is not just for you, but for anyone listening, is that God will never say anything that goes against his word, right? Uh, yeah. And this is why Paul tells us in, I think it's Corinthians, uh, to test every prophecy that comes your way. If so, you know, if, if somebody says the word of the Lord says this, or if you yourself say, this is what God is telling me, y- you best be checking it against uh, the scripture. Uh, Otherwise, you know, you're just going to go off into wherever and, mm-hmm. and not be following the Lord. So I think that's, I, th- I think it's okay that you give God a little flair. I, I think that's great. And no one's ever put it that way before. And I, and I love it. I might, I might steal that, Mallory. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So, so God kind of talked to you, you know, talked you out of whatever decision you were thinking the plan was. And God's like, no, you have, I have a different plan. Um, so, so this is your marked difference. You are, you, you're not as anxious as you have been. Mm-hmm. You are that peace that surpasses all understanding that Philippians talks about. Um, that, that is what marks you as a, as a Christian. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So this brings me to the question that I put a pin on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've asked this every podcast and I'm interested in what you have to say. How do you know that this peacefulness, this less anxiety that you feel is not a result of natural maturity. And, and instead it's something that only, that, that you attribute to your faith in Christ. Like you understand what I'm asking? Like yeah. if you weren't a Christian, do you think you'd still have this peace? So how do you know that this isn't just you being mature? Well, because I mean, when I'm not focusing on God, I'm not perfect. I still yeah. have moments where my mind strays and I'm trying to take that control back and do it on my own. Mm, And there's just this uneasiness inside of me. Yeah. So you feel that anxiety. So the anxiety is not completely gone. It's still, it's still fighting for dominance in your life, but but Christ is keeping it at bay. Oh yeah. And like my, my mind and my heart is totally different when I'm spending my time in prayer and starting my days off with like my devotions and my Bible reading. Versus the days I don't. Like, 
it's totally different. And then especially working in the emergency department. Yeah. The days that I don't start off going my shift, like, God, you've got it. Yeah. Like, just help me to care for patients however I can. They're totally different shifts. And honestly, every day, like, I don't know how people do it without without God. One of the, well, I don't know, I can't, if I've said this in another podcast uh, audience, I apologize because um, I say this one a lot. A lot of people call God their crutch. Uh, or, uh, sorry, the, the accusation of non-Christians to the Christian community is, oh, you're just, that's a crutch, man. You know, God's mm-hmm. just a crutch. Uh, and, and my response has always been, and it sounds like that's kind of what, it's going off what you just said. God is not my crutch. He's my wheelchair. I can't walk without this yeah. guy. I don't know how people do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been a Christian, uh, a Christian now for going on 19 years. And, and I, I don't want to imagine my life without him. You know, it's just like, why would you, yeah. you know? Uh, and, and so for you to see that marked difference between, okay, if I just, if I start my day with prayer and I, I I'm going to have a good day, even if I have a bad day, it's going to be different than if I had a bad day without prayer. You know, uh, I, I think that's really, I think that's really cool. So then how does your faith spill over now today? How does your faith spill over? Not just into, to your, to your family, to your friends, but also at work. Do you do you, do you notice your faith kind of spilling over into those areas? And, and if so, how? Well, I think you know, main thing that we kind of touched on is just how I choose to carry myself, not only at home but also at work. I've noticed that some people tend to maybe act a little different in the two roles. You know, when they're at work versus at home, and mm. I. Um, you know, try to act very consistent with my behavior and mm. how I speak and how I speak to others and about yeah. others. Yeah. Um, so that is probably, you know, there are certain things you do that are more like obvious, like, oh, you're obviously a Christian because you're doing this. And then the right, things yeah. that are just like consistently, um, yeah. you know, maybe I'm a Christian, maybe I'm just a... Just um, a nice person. Nice person. Yeah. 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 Um, but then... I don't know. I mean, I'm very fortunate with my job. I know a lot of people like they can't, they can't like pray with people and talk about Christ in the workplace just because of rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a rule at Eskenazi. To my, I mean, we have chaplains, so I don't think it is. It, it is a rule here. I, I'm not allowed talking about God here uh, yeah, at my that job. Must be tough. <laughs> it's it's really hard. I mean, jeez, <laughs> religion and politics. To t- <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, that, that's great. So you get to pray with people, uh, and I, 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 there's not been a nurse that I've, uh, that I've met that doesn't do that. That's a Christian, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they are, they, I've been the pastor of small rural communities and I'll get calls from our nurses in the congregation saying, Hey, just prayed with this guy. You know, you mind coming in? He's looking for a pastor because they don't have full time clergy over there, yeah. uh, chaplains. I'm like, yeah, definitely. And, I, and those are some of my greatest ministry mm-hmm. partners, were the nurses. You know, anyone in emergency services, first responders, those kind of people, uh, always great ministry partners because they know what it's about, man. They've seen some junk. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I like I, I I I like how that spills over. So so people notice your faith then. I mean, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think yeah. how I carry myself. Yeah. You know, I don't go up to you. I'm like, hey, can you tell I'm a Christian? <laughs> like, that's pretty aggressive. <laughs> can, can you please do that? That'd be amazing. It's like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> do, I, do I look like a Christian to you? 
okay. you mentioned authenticity, uh, you, like that, not in your words, but you mentioned how you, you want to be consistent with your personality mm-hmm. in, at home, at work, whatever. Why is authenticity important for you? Because I feel like the millennial generation, more than any other generation, and, and there are studies that, that have proven this, care more about transparency, honesty, and authenticity than any other generation so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think that's the case for you? Why do you care so much about being off, being the same person no matter where you're at? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. It might be partly because I want people to be, you know, genuine and authentic with me. It's this life is so hard and yeah. we don't need to play games and figure out like, do you actually want to be like my friend and an accountability partner yeah. or are you just trying to, you know, yeah. mess mess with me? And so there's no need like life is so hard and especially working as a nurse, I realize how messed up and hard and fragile and yeah. crazy life is that there's no need to make extra extra issues, I guess, by being fake so to speak yeah yeah no yeah I, I think i think that's great and that helps your faith doesn't it i mean especially when you're talking to somebody about faith mm-hmm. uh you know because because they know that you're the real deal they they know that you're, they're going to get uh honest answers from you and that you expect the same from them yeah you know and it's that mutual transparency that that really i think helps the gospel and i and i love seeing that in this generation it's 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 important you know uh, one of the goals uh, of our of our church right now is to bring that kind of transparency into the church, you know, because one of the one of the things that that um, you know that I am personally tired of, and this is at every church, not not at Cornerstone, um, is the the uh, you know Sunday mornings when you're when you're going through an issue and you're having a bad week, and somebody asks how you're doing, and the answer that comes out of your mouth is. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. But you're not. You're not fine. Why don't you just say it? You know, if you're not fine, just say, look, I'm struggling this week. You don't have to overshare, right? But at least say, I'm I'm not doing good today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could use some prayer, you know, and, and let the church be the church. That's the whole point of the church, right? And I think this generation really, especially this generation of Christians, really care about that authenticity and they want their church to reflect that, mm-hmm. you know? Um so, okay, uh, last, last little thing. Mm-hmm. How important is it for you to vocally share your faith? Uh, and, and how have you been doing that? Mm-hmm. I mean, over the past couple of years with working, I know I keep going back to like my occupation, but it's so much, it's really helped me, I think, develop, yeah. um, as a follower of Christ, you know, you it makes me sad to like see so many people hurting and realize that maybe they didn't have access or realize the way of Jesus. Yeah. And the fact that life is so short, like it just, it just stops for people all of a sudden. And it's crazy to like, look at this person that's sitting there talking to you. And then the next moment, like they're hemorrhaging and (sighs) they're never coming, you know? Yeah. Right. And so just like the urgency of knowing like we need to be vocal about our faith, but sometimes it's hard to know how like some moments it's easy to be like okay this is a good opportunity like ask if they want prayer or to, right. like, talk through things but other times it's like how how do you do it how do you do it like I know 
it's important and we need to because if not then yeah i mean they're at risk for not getting to spend eternity with christ yes that urgency is huge mm-hmm. and i don't i think people outside of your profession and, and emergency service professions they forget that urgency you know um they're like, oh, I'll talk to him tomorrow. I'll talk to him the next time I see him. You know, we may not get to see that tomorrow. Yeah. You know, we're you know we're not guaranteed our next heartbeat. You know, uh, so I think that I think that urgency is is important, and then that, and to know that that feeds your faith. Uh, you know, I hope that influences others who hear this podcast. That it influences their faith as well. You know, it. it we have to start being a little bit more bold. Uh, you know, uh, respectful. You know, not yeah. blunt. I'm not saying blunt, but bold in how we share our faith, you know, uh, because it's more than just, can I pray with you? It's, do you know Jesus? Yeah. Can I help you? Can I help you find him? Can mm-hmm. I show you who he is? Right. Um, you know, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to, 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 uh, to believe in Jesus Christ. So I, all right. Well, is, is there, um, uh, anything else you want to, you want to finish off, uh, the podcast with about your faith or about something that, that you think might help others in their faith? Um, I want to, I want to give you just a moment to, to express anything you might want to express and then we'll, we'll close it up. Um, not like, I mean, not specifically, no. I mean, we definitely live in a world with a lot of hustle and bustle and it's easy to, feel like we have to be in control all the time and I like I mentioned I know that so well and I'm sure a lot of people struggle with anxiety and control issues and just knowing that like when we fully do get to that point of being able to like surrender to God like it does make a huge difference because in my mind for the longest time it's easy to say, like, it's not gonna change like okay I can surrender to God but like I'm still having to deal with it yeah right but then I don't know it's just weird how when I really am trusting him, like things really are just better. Not that my situation has changed. Yeah. You know, I might still be heartbroken or upset, but like God, it's just more evident that God is there. His presence is there and he's taking care of the situation, even when I don't know how it's being taken care of. I I, I love that. I mean, that, that that is perfect. God, God never promises to remove the difficulty from our lives. He just promises to help us deal with it better, uh, and, and that is that is so true. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you think of Paul uh, and the thorn in the flesh, and when when Paul says, "I had this thorn in the flesh, and I asked God to remove it from me three times," and God's like, "Nope, that's not you. You're meant to have this." Uh, you know, and so difficulty happens to all of us, no matter how spiritual or unspiritual we might we might be. So it's it's. It, 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 I, I, I love those words. So thank you, uh, Mallory, for being on the show. I really do, um, I really do appreciate uh, seeing your faith and seeing it work uh, amongst your friends and in our church. Um, and so I'm really grateful you came on the show today. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, for, uh, for the rest of the, uh, the listening audience, thank you for joining the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Uh, as always, we invite you to come check out our family at Cornerstone Christian Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 9 and 1030, um, and we have plenty of programs for your children and for your teenagers, uh, or even for for you if you want to learn more about the Bible in a, on, a, on a Sunday morning. You can check us out at cornerstonerock.org. If you got any questions, email me, Larry, L-A-R-R-Y, at cornerstonerock.org. 
uh, or follow us on Facebook, which is at CCC Brownsburg. So that's a thing. All right. Uh, so, all right. We'll, we'll talk to you next week when Mallory, guess who my special guest is going to be next week? Who? My wife. Aww. Heather is coming in next week. We're going to talk about Heather's, Heather's journey. Uh, and I am ecstatic. Her, not so much. But I am ecstatic for our final episode of this season's, uh, this season's Coffee and Conversation podcast. So, with that said, make it a great week, guys. Peace, love, and soul. Yeah.